0: James, I've got a uh, right here.
1: Let's see, where are we? Huh. Hello. Hi. Hi. Who's
2: there? <laughs> Maria, it's Rick and Susie. Hi there. How are
0: you? Hi. Very well. I don't see anybody else.
3: Alan is, is here.
0: Hi there, Alan. Good. You're all in hiding.
3: Yeah, yeah, I am.
0: Okay, I won't yeah. ask why. Are you in your PJs?
3: No, I'm in Florida, but I'm uh, I'm in Naples, and I'm uh, packing up to go to a wedding in um, Boca Raton. So I'm trying to get moving. Hey, okay. I got to pick up my cousin Sam Bander, and then we're gonna head over to the wedding. Well, oh, a, it's a fun
0: event you're going
3: to. Well, depending on how the weather over there is.
0: um uh, yeah, that's oh. right. Oh, yeah. We're
3: heading it. We're heading into the hurricane. Oh, how exciting!
0: <laughs> but I think
3: it's. I think it's passed by now. My goodness. Yes. Oh, I pray so. Have you ever? Have you ever, Maria? Have you ever been to St. Mark uh, yes. Greek Orthodox Church in Boca Raton? No, I haven't. Oh, okay. That's where the wedding is. Uh, nice. You'll be you'll be happy to know I have three first cousins children that all mm-hmm. married Greeks in the last year.
0: Oh my goodness. That's oh. where the marker yeah. yeah. is. We
3: just finished 12 last
0: so, year. No, no,
1: it's there's better to no. go it's better to go small. Yep. I that I, it, it helps me.
3: Elaine, is that you?
0: Yes. Hello.
3: Congratulations, Grandma.
0: Oh yeah! <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. So cute.
3: What <laughs> are you gonna be yeah, called? Yeah, do yeah. Do Thank Please. you. Honey. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well,
2: I'm,
0: I'm Grandma.
3: All right. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: but Elaine is Greek. She's part Greek too. And we can
3: yeah. call her Yaya. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, how's uh Joanna and the baby doing? They're doing really good. Yeah. yeah. Good. good. Yeah. Little Kodak. Nick's on the. Uh, Little Nick's flying high, right? He is. <laughs> yeah. He, he is. is. <laughs> yeah. He uh, just. Good morning. Good morning.
0: Good
4: morning. Thank you. Hi everybody.
0: Good morning, Hi, Father. Welcome home.
4: Thank you, thank you. You're a very shy group. One out of four is showing us your face. <laughs> That's not fair. I you can
0: see,
2: see our faces. <laughs> ah,
4: you're robbing us.
2: Father, how was the village?
4: The village was great. It was wonderful. It was a very odd trip—a a retreat and a backpacking trip. <laughs> wow! Wow! So it was an odd combination, but the, what's that?
2: Where was the where was the backpacking, Father?
4: There is a trail that goes from Johnstown to the southwest. It's about a seventy-mile trail. We did. Wow. Um, 14 miles, and it's a good thing that nobody showed us the topographical map, which we should have looked at first. Uh-oh. Because it's just all up and down. Father, we have 8,000 feet of elevation changes 4,000 up and 4,000 down. <laughs>
2: my, dad. my dad was born there in Johnstown. Um, really? when his parents came from the old country and they had a home there and, and a business there, but, but father, the great incline is there, which should tell all of (laughs) us about.
4: It's so sad to see Johnstown. It's really suffering.
2: Just Mm -hmm. a loss of industry father, or what is it?
4: Loss of industry, um, very depressed economy. They had a little bit of moment in, I think, the 90s. They tried to make it a tech center, and and they had a congressman. John Murtha was there for a couple generations. He really advocated, but then once he was gone, it's really gone down. And then a lot of um, New York, New Jersey programs are resettling a lot of folks in, like – drug rehab and welfare and all kind of difficult they're just sort of dumping people out there because it's cheap oh, no. and they just don't have the resources to all of it wow,
0: it's wow.
4: So, but it's such a it's beautiful so place yeah breaking but- off buy be by
0: 15,000
4: it can be done wow yeah betterment yeah, Fetterman.
2: yeah. Fetterman. yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> 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 what did you
2: say we missed that did you say no politics
4: no politics today it'll be too tempting <laughs> uh,
0: all
4: right let's pray the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit one god amen Illumine our hearts, O Master, who loves mankind with the pure light of thy divine knowledge, and open the eyes of our mind to understanding the gospel teachings. Implant in us also the fear of thy blessed commandments, that trampling down all carnal desires, when we enter upon a spiritual manner of living, both thinking and doing such things well pleasing unto thee. For thou art the illumination of our souls and bodies of Christ our God, and unto thee we ascribe glory, together with thy Father who is everlasting, that all holy, good, and life gives Spirit. Now endeavor to the age of ages. Amen. Amen. <laughs> All right. Don't think need this thing down here. Let's pull this back. So it's been a few weeks. Hey there. Any Bible left over there? You better bring us back over. Yeah. Come on over
5: here. We'll share.
4: All oh, right. I believe we are to chapter 13. Is that correct? Yeah. So just take a peek back to chapter 12, because remember, these chapter and verse things are not original. This is added much later. And the fact that the chapter begins the same day Jesus went out of the house tells you this is continuity. We just had the whole thing about the evil spirit going out. Brings back seven more. Who is our mother? My brothers. Whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. That's where we ended. Oh, I got to start us up, don't I? Let's
0: see. Father?
2: Father? Yes. I might raise this this issue. Um, And I can remember when we hosted and then we broke up into um, groups, small groups, and so we had people from all denominations. And I remember the issue of uh, the Theotokos, no way she was a virgin, you know, in the eyes of, of some of our visitors. And they cited the fact that they know the Bible speaks of Jesus having brothers. Right. Um, And and I think this passage, um, just the end of it right there, really the whole where Jesus' relatives failed to understand, it explains what the relationship really is because he ends by saying, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Right. Correct. I wonder why. I wonder why they couldn't seize on that passage and instead kind of seize on the others to try to have proof that the Theotokos was not ever virgin.
4: Well, I mean, just in general, a lot of people take that verse as a rebuke against honoring his mother. But as we talked about last time, there is no one who did the will of God to a greater degree than the Theotokos. So we don't see that as a slap or an insult. He's he's saying that she's not great because she's my mom. Right. She's great because of who she is and what she did and why she did it and how she did it. It's not just um, here. Here's one quote from. he said these things not in contempt of his mother, not in contempt of his mother and his brothers, but in assure that he values more highly, closeness of soul than any blood rel- relation of body. In other words, she's not great just because she gave birth to him. It's everything surrounding that. it's It's how she reacts when the angel comes and all her faithfulness and seeing him suffer and all the things that she did. it's It's who she is, not what she is that makes her great.
2: Right. Rick's question. always said, you know, she was the first to say yes.
4: Yeah. Yeah, Father Peter, Gilquist, Father Peter Gilquist used to say she was the first uh, person to ask Jesus into her heart. <laughs> right. Use terminology. say? did you
1: say?
4: Oh Linda said was right. a ah, good reformation. Yeah, that was a good
1: it was excellent. Good
4: time of uh Listening we'll and learning. I was here for that.
1: Were you? Oh,
6: wow! I I think, I think that might have been. No, that was not my first time, but that was maybe like the second.
1: It was quite full. Oh, it was five thinking. years ago. Yeah, it was
6: five years ago. My the photos showed
4: up in my Google Memories. Oh yeah. <laughs> yep.
6: Yep.
4: All right. So let's go into verse or chapter thirteen. Would somebody read one verses one through nine for us? James? <laughs> we're gonna pull him in one way or another.
5: He's coming, it's getting his Bible.
4: was uh, <laughs> in striking distance.
5: <laughs> Alan, are
4: we finding you in Florida or local?
5: Where are you? Are starting it? Mm-hmm.
0: Sorry, it's taking so long. You can't even see him.
5: Well, they were visiting and I was working. <laughs> Okay, okay. <laughs> starting with 15, huh? No, 13. 13. 13. Huh? Well, it we just kind of went fast there. Okay, 13. <laughs> the parable of the sower. Is that correct? Yep. That's the one. On the same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the sea. And the great multitudes were gathered together to him, so that he got into the boat and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. Then he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. Some fell on the stony places where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. But others fell on good ground and yielded a crop. Some a hundredfold, some 60, some 30. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. How far? That's it.
4: All right, perfect. Thank you, James. I don't remember. Is this the first parable we've come across? I don't remember. It may be. I don't remember an earlier one. Well, anyway. I
0: don't
4: think so. I think it's the first one. Yeah. Um one of the things I wanted us to, to think about as we go into chapter 13 is how Jesus teaches. Remember earlier on somebody called him rabbi, and we were talking about how he's a he's a teacher. He's obviously not in the typical what they're used to seeing with rabbis. he, spe- he teaches with authority, but um, It's really interesting to see how Jesus teaches. A a lot of times we have this image of Christianity as being something that goes and tells people about God and about what God wants and very directive, very instructive, very, you know, do this, don't do that. That's sort of an image that a lot of people have of, 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 of Christianity and therefore of Christ. But watch carefully how he interacts, especially in this case with teaching. Um, He sits down with the crowd and he tells this story about seeds. Now, we know the story. We've heard this before. We know he's going to explain it. We might remember what he means by it. But at this point, this crowd has gotten together and he's talking about a sower going out to sow. He tells the story that we just heard and says, he who has ears ears to hear, let him hear. It's an odd thing. <laughs> and I want us to regain the the oddness of it because we we're not we've heard it before, so it doesn't uh, strike us as being odd. Um, somebody coming in and and talking, telling this story and not explaining it is very strange. So why? let's let's think about it for a minute before we get into the content of it. Just looking as a as a way of teaching. What does he do? What does what, what telling a parable do?
2: It definitely makes you think, because you're trying to figure oh. out, what does he mean?
4: Yeah, why why does it make you think?
0: It's more intriguing to our brains. Why? Because somehow our brains are set up to like stories. Mm-hmm. And so they reach us in a way that's instructions mm-hmm. just flat out. I think yeah. and it's in terms that
1: they would have understood.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: In terms of what they at that time would have understood, they're talking about planting seeds. Yep. This is what they would have been doing, they're agricultural mm-hmm. people. So he's telling the story, you're supposed to glean the meaning of the story from what you understand. It's a similar, it's like a, a simile, is that what I'm saying?
4: I think so. Yeah, it's, simile,
1: like, it's like,
4: Yeah. So it's inviting you because well, Kathy, it's a story and story dra- draws you in. So it's OK. This is sort of where it starts. This is where it's going. This is where. It- so it draws you in. But the fact that he's, as Linda's saying, he's telling about a situation, they understand, but they don't necessarily know why he's telling that story. Not yet. And even as we're going to see as it goes on he may never have explained it to everybody. He said, here's a story. He has ears to hear, let him hear. So it's important because this story is within a story. What's what's the larger story of Matthew? What's it a story of?
0: How we should live.
4: But, yeah, it is. But but what's the what's the method? If the method of the parable here is a sower and seeds, what's the vehicle that Matthew uses to tell his story of how we should live? Is it repenting? Maybe. What what's what's if somebody said what's Matthew about? You'd say it's about what Jesus. Jesus. Oh, Correct. Yeah, it's about Jesus. Always the right. It's the story of Jesus. So he's the story, story. right? And now the story is telling a story.
1: We have a story within the story.
4: Right. Okay. But it's a story that's told in parable. It's, and as the story goes on, we've already heard, we're not even halfway through yet, but we've already heard, even in the story, people encounter Jesus in far different ways. And some are very offended and upset and some are drawn in and enticed so uh, several layers we're getting the point the the point here that that this it's not the story of jesus who came in and exerted his power and told everyone what to do right it's almost the opposite he throws out seeds (laughs) and depending on the condition of the soil different things happen
1: Depending oh. on the conditioner of the, the ones that are listening is that what you're saying yeah the seeds he's throwing the seeds and the ones that don't want to listen like the Pharisees over there before mm-hmm. then he's throwing it out to those that are listening with the right kind of ears
4: yeah and this is something that is so inherent in what I would call authentic Christianity but so often gets missed. Because we want to jump to well, what did Jesus teach? Therefore, we got to go out and make everyone believe that. That's not what he did. And when he told his stories, it was very open and inviting, but not, he's not going out with a lot of power and coercion. It's everything but. Yes. Okay, so it's it said
1: it started on the same day Jesus went out of the house. and he, then he started preaching in the boat. Mm-hmm. But he had just been with those Pharisees. Where did they go? Did they go home? I Weird mean, they enough. didn't follow, <laughs> did they?
4: No, they weren't toured yet. He went out of the house. So we, we got to wait and find out.
1: And you, well, you think they want to cause more trouble?
4: I think they'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't know. So well, he, he goes out of the house, it's beside the sea. Great crowds gathered about him. You it's you know you think about it. We don't know who's in the crowd. It's hard to believe that that crowd at the house goes away and now a new crowd shows up. Right. So, so some of them there's probably some of them in there. So far. We're going we're going to hear from them soon <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right.
4: Now let's get into the content a little bit. So he goes out of the house, he goes by the sea um why does he get in the boat
1: so they can hear There are too many people yeah they can focus on the boat
4: so there's so great a crowd that if he's sitting on the sea or on the on the beach only few around i going to see him so he gets in the boat and he pulls out a little bit and now they can all see him and hear him i love what saint john Chrysostom says about that it was not without a purpose that he sat beside the sea. The gospel writer has expressed this in a hidden manner. The purpose of Jesus doing this was to order his listeners in a precise way. He wanted to see all of them face to face. He left no one at a disadvantage at his back. Ah. Yeah. Something about the sea is um, amplifies voices. Yeah, it's true. It's almost a natural amphitheater because you know the land's gonna go up to some degree because it's holding in the water. Yeah. All right, now let's go out into this parable. If you were just hearing this and for the first time, and maybe you do or don't remember what he explains, what do you get out of the story? You know, I was thinking that when we were talking
0: earlier, if I had been there in that crowd, I would have said to whoever I came with, "What do you think he means
4: by that?" What well, might you have heard?
0: You think he's talking about?
4: Yeah. So what's inherent? What can we? What do we know? We know there's a lot we don't know. What do we know based on the story? Because he's not just talking to be confusing, right?
0: Right. That a lot of seeds will
4: not grow. Okay. Which, whatever the seeds are, a lot of them aren't going to grow.
0: Which is very disturbing. I don't like that part about it. <laughs> <laughs> but you have to have the right conditions for Yes. seeds to grow.
4: Yeah. So you think about how story works. It's the, the interesting part of a story is what changes it's not what's the same, it's what's different, right? If it's a story of two brothers that grow up, their similarities, it's nice, but the interesting part is how they're different, right? Jacob and Esau, uh, whatever stories might be. Um, even, you know, history, founding fathers, you know, how how they not only got along, but how they conflicted with each other. That's the really interesting part. So. So the variation here and the seeds look to be the same, right? He's casting seeds, not saying some seed was dry and old, old, and some of the seeds. What's different is the condition. All right. So we know that. We know that there's something about condition that, that really, if you say, what's this story about? It's about different conditions that produce different results, right? That's not, we, have to, we don't have to guess at that. That's that's inherent in the story as it is. We not know what the seed is. We don't know what the analogy is, but we know that different conditions bring different results. All right. So let's look at what these conditions are. What's the first one? Birds. All right, falls along the path and the birds came. Why? Why is the path? what is the connection between the path and the birds? Why do they de- why do the birds devour the one on the path? Well, the yeah. seeds did not take root. They just yeah. they settled on top of the ground. Okay, so they don't sink in. The, the, the path come down to path.
7: What's that, Rick? I just said the birds could come down and just eat the seed without digging up the dirt because it didn't go down into the dirt at all, sitting on top
4: of the side of the of the path.
7: OK, so yeah.
4: So on the path, it's been, you think of a path, it's been trodden down, it's hardened, and therefore it's not going to sink. What else makes it a good place for birds to come and find seeds there? What makes a path a path? people walking on hmm? it. It's open,
0: a little more mm-hmm. open.
4: It's literally the part that's not covered. Right. So one of <laughs> our difficulties on our hike was that all the leaves had fallen in the last couple of weeks in Pennsylvania. And these paths that are normally cleared where you can see all the rocks on it and therefore carefully watch your step, they're all hidden under leaves. We had a few <laughs> turned ankles as oh, you'd awesome. step into the leave and then there was a rock under there. <laughs> yeah. So a path, it, by by definition, there's nothing on top of it typically, which is why it's a path. So it's, it's hard, nothing gets in, and it's visible. Right? Nothing nothing is covering it. There's no protection. And the birds come and devour. It. So the birds are are devouring the seeds. There's no growth. All right, what's the next group?
0: stony
4: places yeah stony places rocky ground not much soil but that means there's what if there's not much soil what is there a little bit a little soil <laughs> okay so a little bit of soil does what it means they can spring up quickly why why is a little bit of soil mean they spring up quickly because immediately
2: Shallow,
4: doesn't have roots. So why does it spring up quickly?
2: It's shallow. It doesn't have roots. Oh, you're wondering why
1: quickly? Yeah. Uh, is it I
0: really of, don't know. It didn't a little bit of dirt. I mean,
1: you didn't have to go way down. It's right there. Just, yeah. But the roots are no good. They're
4: gonna- yeah, the roots are no good. It's going to go quickly because it doesn't have to sort of find its way up through soil to back to the air. It's right there with just a little bit of soil and it's gonna spring up quickly.
2: Like weeds.
4: Yeah.
2: Weeds will spring up the cracks in sidewalks.
4: That's right. Yeah. All right, so it springs up, which it's not saying is a problem. It's the fact that the growth is not a problem, but here comes the problem. They had no depth of soil and when the sun rose they were scorched and since they had no root they withered away so if we had to pick one word for this group what might we call that what's their shallow. what's their ch- shallow. shallowness good all right so we've had exposure we've had shallowness next group
0: Four.
4: Thorns. So what do you say about the soil? Good well, the ground? There's some soil there
2: because of the thorns.
4: Yeah. So the, the sun ground sun. is good. All right. It's it's not rocky. So there, there's enough soil, there's depth, there's not exposure. But because it's among thorns, the thorns grew up and choked them. So what's if we had to think of a word or two? For that group, what well, let me say? What's their threat? I mean, to be choked out or th- crowded out, I guess. Yes, that's what happens. What what's what's the threat of being choked, uh, choked and crowded out?
0: Any,
4: I think a good
7: it's ruined. Any yeah. good
4: thing gets ruined. By what? By, By the destruction. Stuff, By the stuff, the stuff that...
0: yeah, yeah, it's not the
4: soil. The other things in the soil, that's the problem. Yeah. Okay. And then the last group, other seeds fell on good soil. And it brought forth grain, some 100-fold, some 60, some 30. All right. So in this one, what's different is what? It's good soil, so it's not on the path. We don't hear anything about thorns. It's it's enough that it's not hearing that it's shallow. And what's different? That's the condition that's different. What's the different result? It has a yield
0: yeah it, it proliferates what was that Susie? It, proliferates.
2: it proliferates
4: proliferates good what would you say
1: I said it produces
4: produces lot. yeah okay now it's a lot but it's different some 100 yeah. some 60 some 30 so there's going to be some variation in here but what they all have in common is they all produced many times over what the seed did or the seat was. All right, so we got all of that without looking at footnotes, without looking ahead to see if there's an explanation. If you only had that, what might you conclude about your life? What is this about your story? What's that? I was saying, again, right? It just depends. On, depends
7: on your your personal condition, your your walk, right at this moment. And what what it about that. your condition? You should your faith. Where where is your faith right now? Are you are you open to the seed being planted in your heart, or are you closed to it?
2: Are you thirty percent? Are you sixty percent? Are you ninety percent?
4: All right, so, so Rick, you introduced the word faith. There's nothing in here about faith. No, I know. And I'm going to push back so we all get it as much as we can. I want to put us on that beach because we don't get to go back, but we can simulate what we might get because I think, again, with Scripture, we have the benefit of having read it before. We have the curse of having read it before. You read it before, you take your conclusion and now you throw it back every time you read it again.
0: I kind to pull back a little bit and just look at this section for what it is. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it can be seen as a parable of, okay, I'm, I'm making an effort to try something. And so I try a bunch of things and I see what works and I examine why it's working and why it didn't work.
4: Good. Yeah, without defining the it. You see how it works there? You're, we're going to learn a lot without even saying what the... I mean, like you said faith, I think to some degree, of course, that's that's where he's headed. We don't know yet. But there's something about this. There's a lot in here without us applying other knowledge that we've had, good or bad.
6: This is kind of interesting too, if you're just looking at this. And again, we're so used to it because we've heard this parable a lot, right? Jesus in this part there's no exhortation there's no be good soil be good seed he's describing the way things are yeah. rather than saying mm-hmm. and therefore make sure you're this that or the other right. he's just saying the seed gets sown everywhere apparently <laughs> you know and like the way things are some lands here some lands here some lands here mm-hmm. it's not it's not a um yeah, it's not. It's not an exhortation, you know. There's only, there is an
4: exhortation, but what yes. is Yes. He says
6: here, he was here. Let, here. Yeah. He says here. Listen, <laughs> yeah, listen. But there's no like, right? Be this kind of soil. Yes. <laughs> be this kind of, yeah. You know, receive the seed this way. Yeah. If you're just here, so it's just the way things. Are. He's describing the situation. Mm-hmm. Describing reality. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's an important point but because. If...
4: Go ahead, Rick.
7: But if you're but if you're on the if let's put ourselves on the shore like you said father if you're on the shore you know you're listening to a holy man man of God whether you believe that he's the son of God or not you know he's holy you know he's other people call him rabbi you, you know that I mean his obviously his teachings have drawn many many people to him so you know he's talking about things of God and you Did know everybody that he's there? talking about Pardon me. Did everyone on
4: on the beach think that? Well, why else would they show up? They well, we just had a crowd the back of the house. <laughs>
0: That's be and the
1: honestly.
4: whole thing about you know he's casting out demons by Beelzebub, and then yeah. you know, my mother, my father, my brothers. Yeah. So you, mm-hmm. I think, I think you're 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 right that you've got a lot of people there that are there to learn from someone they perceive as somebody who is holy but you've got others that are there for different reasons
7: what to trap him or something is that what you're saying
4: i'm just as this as i'm reading the story everywhere huh? there's crowds i see both right that's how right. the story gets written
6: crowds are the Correct. crowds are in, the crowd the Correct. crowd right. is the character in the gospel what, what is one of the characteristics <laughs> about
4: the crowd? Is well, the it? Thing
6: is, though, Father. let me just let me just
7: back up a little bit okay the thing is this: jesus said i came into the world not to judge the world but to save the world so we know that he is about saving everyone so it doesn't matter what the motivation of the people are that were there the message that they're going to hear is one of salvation true and that and and, and and what he's saying to everybody there is that the condition of yourself is what matters because if you have a condition of good soil, then the seed's gonna grow in you. Now it's up to us to decide what that seed is. And yes. I argue that, that seed the seed is the seed of faith.
4: Yeah, and it will grow in huh? you.
7: Go ahead. Sorry. I'm I'm saying that it will grow in you if you if you are open. That's the lesson that you're you're hearing now. Whether you get it or not, the beautiful the beautiful thing about Christ is what you said, Father. He isn't saying, "Okay, do one, two, and three, and you're good." He is saying the condition of your heart or the condition of your where you are is what's important, not do step one, two, and three. You
0: know? Right.
7: So that, that's what I'm getting out of it. If I'm wrong, but well, that's what I yeah. hear. Yeah. If yeah. I and so if, floor, I'd, be, I'd be convicted about, whoa, where am I right
2: now? Father, can we assume by the juxtaposition of these passages that they happened in an order? Like you said, you know, it started off with the word on the same day or, you know, sometimes they'll go following or as or whatever. So can we assume that this crowd on the shore was aware that a rabbi, a teacher, Jairus, invited Jesus to his home? To save his daughter, can we assume that that word spread throughout these villages and towns? And that's what helps. You can assume
0: frozen.
4: anything that is reasonable to assume, not by that's what the by story the tells you, but what just makes sense. In other words, you know, is this a different crowd than the crowd at the house? You can't assume that you're all been dismissed. Now it's time for Group B to come in, <laughs> right? Now, really we
2: don't know wondered, if all the same. A crowd builds, Father. A crowd builds. Just like right. a mob builds, you know? Yeah. I, I'm sure it's just sweeping up. It could start in one small little square footage, and then it sweeps up into miles almost, you know, where they were flocking to hear this. Yep. Sad to say, almost like people going to a rock concert, you know? They don't just live in Grand Rapids. They come from all over. To hear the you know the rock right. concert on. And I think this rock star, Jesus Christ.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Superstar. Superstar. <laughs> all right. So what do we know about the crowd?
0: It's a,
4: it's a lot of people. Are they all the same? No. no. Okay, so here's where we could border on reading into it. But I would say this, what we know is you have a varied crowd hearing a story about varied conditions. And as everybody is commenting, Ricky said it really well, it's up to us, it's up to every person that hears this, what they're gonna do with it. He's not telling them, here's what to do with it. He's telling them, here's what's gonna happen based on the condition of whatever the it is and whatever you happen to be in your condition, here's what's going to happen. Right. And then the exhortation is, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. I mean, it's just like the story that he told
7: the rich man. When the rich man asked him, what do I have to do? And he said, well, sell everything and follow me. Or give yep. everything follow me. Yep. So it's like, all right, it's up to you. It's not up to me what I tell you what to do. It's up to you what you do.
4: Yes. And that's... And that's, I that's,
0: that's... What Jesus
4: said. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, go ahead, Father.
7: No, go ahead. I was just saying that, that over and over again, That's he's, he's even confronts his disciples the same way.
2: And you, Father... Present before a flock, your congregation, that is all at different levels, different conditions, Mm -hmm. they're there, they're in church, they're hearing you, but what they're doing with the message, how much they're acting upon it, how much they're changing, I think it's very similar
4: yeah, that's that's the goal. And that's so essential to Christianity that a lot of people, you know, don't often recognize how essential the quality, not just humility for us to emulate, but God's humility. Right. Jesus is God, of course, in our in our theology. But what I don't want to miss because of our theology is how the story really plays out, that if you really understand the theology of jesus being divine you have to think about that as the divine one who sits in a boat and talks to a crowd of different people some of whom are there just because they want to trip him up but right. whatever he does he tells a story he rarely and we're gonna we're gonna see it in a couple chapters he rarely goes after anybody in a strong fashion and always with those who are in a sense his team all right so if you're god right. who are your leaders at this time to- at this point who are the ones that are right. entrusted god's work
2: His apostles
4: the pharisees yeah the apostles not yet because as the story goes you have Jesus, who we learn over time, is, is the son of God, but he's not recognized by everybody. But you do have the Pharisees who were there to do one thing, which was to lead, lead God's people. That's and right. so he, when he goes after them, it's important we understand that his words are to the Pharisees who had accepted to do God's work by leading people to God. So it's not like he talked to everybody the way he talked to the Pharisees. Most people, he talked like this. Let me tell you a story. Here's a story. I'm not going to tell you what it means. I'm not going to tell you what to do about it. I'm just going to tell you how to listen to this. Yeah, That's such an essential part of Christianity. And I think if people understood that, if non-Christians understood it, I think you wouldn't have an anti-Christian sentiment in today's society. Real Christian if Christians
6: spoke to non-christians like that yes and then spoke to the Pharisees of our day right which we have them yes you know and and, and not even like in a moral judgment but I mean our our religious leaders and things like that you know I mean yeah. that's that's they you know it still exists but yeah because oftentimes the experience is Christian people kind of talking to me or about you know me are oftentimes not reflective of the way Christ
4: actually talks to you know, the lost. Yep. Even if the content might be the same, yeah. the method and the delivery is sometimes very, very different. Mm-hmm. And that's with Jesus, you can't discount. You can't say, well, let's just look at what he says in terms of the theology he teaches. He doesn't teach a lot of theology. He doesn't teach a lot of morality. When people say, well, Jesus never talked about homosexuality, there's a reason. He didn't talk a lot about moral issues in that sense. He talked about the condition of people and laid out for them what their options were, like he's doing here. This probably is the first parable. I have to go back and look at that. But first are always important. So in some ways, they're sort of like the theme for the other ones to come. And the theme here is there's a lot of different conditions out there and depending on what condition you're in, or you're, you're, you do, it's going to result in different things. And how you hear these parables at all time. Yeah. In a sense, every parable is going to be a seed. <laughs> this is a parable about parables. <laughs> and they get an explanation. They do get an explanation. <laughs> will get. Now, here's interesting. This is from St. John Chrysostom. He told them many things in parables. That's from verse 3. He had not done this on the Mount. Here he wove into his discourse many parables. For on the Mount were multitudes only and, and a simple people. But here also are the scribes and the Pharisees. That's another thing about parables. If I were to say to you, here's my political stance and this is what I think is right. What is your response? You're going to do one of two things agree or disagree, agree or disagree, right? Uh Because it's putting it out there to say agree or disagree. Uh Jesus doesn't give them that, in a sense, that opportunity because you just say, here's a story. You can't, I agree with that story about seeds. There's nothing to agree or disagree. It's just, it's what it is, (laughs) right? So we've talked about how that benefits a, let's call it a, a, um, a, um, a righteous learner or a learner who's there really to learn for right means and there's no alternative, no agenda. But even if you have a, an opponent, there's another benefit to the opponent or to the, to the person to using this because it doesn't invite a response. Like, how do you argue with this? You can't argue with it. It's just, here's a story.
0: A few weeks ago, didn't the bishop give a sermon on Mm -hmm. this? uh, But it was the loop version. I think the loop version, yeah. Yeah. It's a little different. I really like how he combined the lessons of this one with the um, lost coin parables. Yeah. You know, it it seems like some are going to be lost, but that shouldn't stop you from going after them.
4: Yeah. Yeah, every seed, that's being sown. Whatever it is, it's valuable and it's good. It wasn't being sown to be trampled underfoot or to be eaten by the birds or whatever. Everyone is either an opportunity made or missed. And you can and you can see this, Father. The kind
6: of, I mean, there's also a theme here, especially if you're looking just at this crickety, just at this chunk. The kind of recklessness of the sower. Like if you go out and buy seeds, right and just kind of throw them everywhere. That's not a, you know, that's not a very like smart, <laughs> you know, like, so that's not a very smart strategy. You're not a good farmer, <laughs> you know, at that point, eh, throw them over there, 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 whatever. You know, but that that's what you're seeing here. You're seeing the seed is just kind of like, and I throw some over there and I throw some over there and I throw some over there. I kind of just reckless, I mean reckless from our perspective reckless scattering
4: <laughs> what what is the value what is the what is the what's important to the scatterer based on what we read here Obvi- obviously if if the seeds grow. what's that
0: that the seeds grow that's the important thing to the scatterer right
4: well if 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 it was that he gets the most out of it he would be much more careful yeah. to be very precise Brilliant. in where it goes. Right. Yeah. So what's the value of this scatterer? That the seed gets out. And where does it go? Everywhere. Everywhere. This Brilliant. scatterer, he obviously wants no sower that has a brain. doesn't. You don't want to see it wasted. But yeah. and, and this is really, we think about this every time we do anything, whether it's it's cooking mm. or chopping or work, whatever. You're always balancing efficiency right. with being so paralyzed what you do that you don't get much done.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Right? Perfectionists have a tough time getting through stuff because they they got to go really slow because they got to get it perfect. Someone else said, and if he was a perfectionist, he'd like I drop a seed here and see. So the value of it is okay, where it goes, it does good things. But is he gonna get as much seed? No. So well, he's valuing broadness, or if God was like, I will only use good soil ones, right. I receive the
6: seed, so I'll only drop the seed there. Yeah. That's it. Or like the parable of the, you know, well the story about the, you know, what shepherd doesn't leave the ninety-nine and go find the one. Any good shepherd doesn't do that. It makes mm-hmm. no sense. Yeah. <laughs> you know, to risk 99 sheep, all your livelihood, to find one who wandered off. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, it's not
4: efficient at right. all or right. logical. All right, here's our answer. And this is what is the first parable? This is uh Saint Jerome. Further, it should be noted that he did not speak everything to them in parables, but many things. For he spoke everything to them in parables, the people would go away without gaining anything. Jesus mixes what is clear with what is obscure. So that through the things they understand, they may be drawn toward the knowledge of the things they do not understand. Again,
1: again.
4: Jesus mixes what is clear with what is obscure. So that through the things they understand, they may be drawn toward the knowledge of the things they do not understand. Mm-hmm. Not the yeah. they don't understand. Actually, I thought the quote continues. This is a different quote here. about. Which one's first? It's from St. John Chrysostom. Note carefully what kind of parable he began with. Note the order in which Matthew put them. Which parable does he speak first? That which was most necessary to speak first. That which makes the hearer more attentive. For because Jesus was going to talk with them in hidden sayings, he dramatically catches the attention of his hearers by his first parable. So it's the first. there are a lot of there's a lot of commentary on this because a lot of of course commentators are going to do what a commentator is supposed to do which is interpret so there's you know the condition of what is it like spiritually when we are a, like a path or like thorns um but you know again i think it's important sometimes just to hear it without commentary without footnote to hear it the way jesus gave it because now we're left to some degree if we're honest and say oh yeah we're on that beach we're listening we're left with what is this about (laughs) what is this guy talking about i want to know i want to know more about this we're like the (laughs) disciples yep exactly (laughs) which they're very soon going to say come on Mm -hmm. you got us uh got us holding up here tell us Thoughts or questions?
2: Father, I, I I have sensed during our Bible studies that you are um, really discouraging us from consulting the footnotes, maybe originally um, in the original read and so on and so forth. Uh, um, but you also quote heavily from the Holy Fathers. Um, And I think, Father, if we were reading on our own and didn't have the prompts from you of the question, we wouldn't necessarily rack our brains so deeply about, you know, what does this really mean? We would go to those footnotes or, you know, other sources like the Holy Father.
4: Yeah, and there's value, to, but it's a different value because, you know, the, the church did not canonize the Bible and its footnotes. <laughs> um, there were a lot of scholars at the time the Orthodox study Bible came out that were furious. Just enraged that we were putting out an Orthodox study Bible. <laughs> they said that's such a non-Orthodox thing to do. Right now i i like to see both sides of a of a a debate or of an issue i think there there is value to the footnotes especially when it's helping a modern reader that doesn't understand the ancient example right that's i think the most valuable thing a footnote can do is for example if i read this to a six-year-old they may not understand what's a sower Mm-hmm. They might think about even in English, somebody needle thread, you know. So there's value understanding the setting and the the culture at the time, because that at least puts you in the same frame as somebody who's here then, right? If I were to tell a story um, about airplanes, but I go back to the first century, they can't relate. So there's, there's value to that. I think the, the, the downside is that. Think about how you would read this. Let's say you read this passage. You're on your own. And you're like, I wonder what that means. And you look at the footnote. And you read what, the, what an author has said in his commentary on, on that verse. Most of us would go, oh, that's what it means. Right? Because it's in the footnote. It's in the Orthodox Study Bible. So that's what it means. That's the danger of the footnote. When the footnote tells you that's what it means, and you don't seek, keep yourself open to what is God saying it means? And I'm not saying just, you know, close your eyes and say, God, tell me what it means. But yeah, racking your brain and going, what does this mean? And then continuing to read the story. Because I'll say this, if we brought the energy that God gives us to Bible study, we wouldn't need a Bible study. We wouldn't need footnotes. We wouldn't even need the quotes from the fathers. But let's be honest, we're, we're not there yet. And so these things can help, but we still got to be careful that we don't end up being, we could end up, we're not careful of if we're accurate, calling this a footnote study. Because yeah, we read the Bible, then we read the footnotes and go, oh, that's what it means. And because my my dilemma is now solved, my mystery is solved, my brain stops, right? When you watch or red of mystery and you find out who done it, you don't keep asking who done it, right? When you my get the answer, when you get the answer, what the footnote means, you stop asking the question, what does this mean? You cut yourself off from that process. You stop the process. Like if I
6: like if we, if we, I read this and I'm like, I have no idea what this means. I'm going to think about it like all day. I'm going to be like, what, what, what does Christ mean? When he says it, I'm going to think about it. And I'm probably praying about it. And there's going to be a chewing and a digesting of just like when we eat food, of like all the nutrients I get from that and everything. Yeah. Rather than, yeah, you cut yourself off from that process when you immediately look down and go, oh, it's this. Right. or even at like the title headings like right. oh this is the parable of the sower right now immediately i know this is about the sower right is it
4: though right cuz that's not part of the text right that's not part the of the chapter's text. not there the verse numbers what it's, were you saying sizzy <laughs> do
2: do you are you saying father that the footnotes were in essence authored by the people who assembled this Orthodox study Bible and that they're not wholly and completely taken from the Holy Fathers um,
4: No, they're
2: not.
4: They're not. And that's another criticism that some scholars had is why are we having modern writers write footnotes? We have all kinds of, of commentary from the Fathers that the Church has said these people are Canonical. They're saints. They're they're the they're the measurement of what truth is. Not that everything they say is perfectly true. Every saint taught some level of heresy um, to somewhere in their system. But um, there there is I would say that there is a weakness in the fact that you know people with my education were assigned a book and said you write the footnotes. And then others read them and there was editing back and forth. There was peer review. I'm not saying they're worthless, but that's not what I'm saying by any means. I'm saying that there's what scripture, which is the highest level of revealed truth. And then there's everything else, including footnotes, even including the fathers. Because again, if, if I read a father or a modern writer and I go, that's what it means. And I stop the process. That's not the Bible as we got it. That's, that's, that's like calling Frankenstein a model of a human being, right? A fully human person, Christ is the image of that. And everything other than Christ or somebody that's that's like him is an aberration of, of what that is. Same thing with the scripture. You got the scripture, and everything else is not scripture. That's where the, the furious ones were like, you can't put it in a book and call it the Bible. We don't do that. But as long as I think we understand the difference and we're careful, I'm not saying it's a bad thing to do. I'm just saying we have to be careful how we use it, like anything.
5: Can't
1: we just, when we're reading this, what I've done is if I've read the passage and I'm not exactly getting it, I'll look at the footnotes, but then I'll go reread it again. And sometimes I don't say to myself, oh, yeah, that's what it means. Sometimes I'm thinking, hmm, still don't get it.
4: Good. That's where you want to be.
1: You want to stick in that?
4: Not necessarily. I don't get it, but I want to be open to whatever there is to be gotten here. Right. And it might be on your seventy seventh time reading it that you get something you never got before. Right. Good. That's the way Scripture works. Like I got something out of this reading today that I never got before. What was it? Um, (laughs) Well, no, it's it's it's. It's the it's the the connection between the variability in the crowd and the variability in in how what how the the conditions of the soil. I never thought of that before. Yeah.
0: And
1: did, now is that the
4: only thing here? No. And next time I read it, I'll probably get something else.
1: And could the birds have been put in there to eat the the seeds just to keep protect the ones that were taking root, get the birds out of the way? They'll eat the weak. We could
4: guess. All we know is birds eat soil that falls on a path.
1: Right, but they're
4: gonna go so, the easier route, keep them satisfied, and let the good ones grow. We could guess that, but that's us what he going to do. It. And well, we to keep what reading.
3: It says. Well I know we like have to read. reading. keep reading. Know. Yeah, you have to keep reading. No, <laughs> there you go. All right, thank you, everybody. <laughs> thank you, Father. Thank you. Thanks, Father. Have a good
0: day. <laughs> oh. father's a parable.